This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Debohoma Fodi. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz. It is a beautiful Wednesday evening. You know, this is a show that brings you subject matter expert regulators, industry champions, and a whole lot of other exciting uh, business. You know, we're talking all things business. Every Wednesday without fail. If ever you want to catch on some of our exciting shows that we've had, you can always go to www.cliffcentral.com and go to podcast to actually listen to some of the shows. Or you can definitely download the Cliff Central app. Um, we also, I mean, on social media, you can always follow at cliffcentral.com. Um, and you phone us away on Twitter on our page. It's on Facebook. It's at uh, Cliff Central as well. If you want to follow me, it's at Debohoma40 everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, and it's Debohoma40 on Facebook. I'm very excited about the discussion, um, that we're having today because mining in South Africa was once of the main driving force behind the history and development of Africa's most advanced and richest economy. I mean, large-scale and profitable mining started with the discovery of a diamond on the banks of Orange River in 1867 by Erasmus Jacob. Um, I know we've got Erasmus as well in Sudan. Maybe they are linked to this diamond. We don't know. <laughs> and the subsequent discovery and exploration of Kimberley pipes a few years later. I mean, within South Africa's economy built on gold and diamond mining, the sector is an important foreign exchange earner with gold accounting for more than one third of exports. In 2009, the country's diamond industry was the fourth largest in the world. South Africa is also a major producer of coal, uh, manganese and chrome. I mean, there's also a considerable potential for the discovery of other world-class deposits in areas yet to be exclusively explored. It's something that always affects me to say, how is it that as Africa or as South Africa we menu or we we mine so much but yet we're not one that get to enjoy the benefits. South African min- uh, prophetic uh, mineral reserves include precious metals, minerals, energy minerals, non-ferrous metals, minerals, ferals and industrial minerals. I mean given in history and mineral wealth, it is no surprise that the country's mining companies are key players in the global industry, not forgetting profitable to some of them. Its strength includes a high level of technical and production expertise and comprehensive research and development activities in a democratic South Africa where we are still in the process of addressing the ills of the past that have to do with race and ethnicity. We tend to neglect other issues relating to transformation. Hence, I'm excited about today's show that we're going to be discussing about some of these issues. But more often than not, we talk about transformation. We seem to think it only refers to issues of skin color. Transformation is a multifaceted. Yes, we cannot run away from the skin colors uh, debate. It will also be there whether we like it or not. That's why today I've got a mixture um, of that, the only people missing here are Indians and Chinese, eh? <laughs> but uh, I've got a mixture of that. I mean, for the mining industry, transformation is not only for the regulation purposes. It is a business requirement that the industry needs to adhere to, for it operates seamlessly. Mining has not only been viewed as a sexiest industry in the past, but it has one of the vehicles used to entrench divisions amongst people. The industry itself became the complete example of discrimination in South Africa. I'm excited that we today, I've got women that are going to be speaking about that industry 
um, that was previously discriminated. That makes the transformation journey a bit more intense for the industry, especially with the broader South African society still being on the same journey itself. To talk to us this afternoon about transformation in mining, we have the honor of welcoming our incredible guest in studio, Miss Marita Erasmus, like I've said, who is the co-founder and the chief executive officer uh, of MTS Holding. MTS is South Africa's leading expert on social responsibility in the mining industry and the exclusive reseller of Insight, a cloud-based social sustainability management platform in sub-Saharan Africa. We've got Ms. Norutanu Zulu, who's a senior analyst for resource and asset management, uh, uh, and senior analyst for, um, for resources at an asset management company. I mean, uh, the asset management company she works for. It's one of the largest asset management companies on the continent of Africa. Nolitando works in the resources team where she analyzes mining companies listed on the JSE and invests on behalf of the, its clients. She's incredible. She's currently doing her master's in mining engineering at the University of Witwatersrand. Hmm. Beauty with brains, I see. We've got a man that I respect um, and that I honor, who's Moses Cheche. Uh, I had an honor who's to speaking to a friend yesterday that apparently was having a discussion <laughs> with you so that you're coming on to my show. He is the founder and the managing editor of two magazines, Mining CSI and Success SA Publication. Um, my uh, publication elected board member of Waterbeck uh, Development um, Agency. He worked with uh, the president of ANC, Mr. Cyril Ramaphosa, at the Shanduka Group as a transformation manager at Shanduka Coal Mine, focusing on the mining rights, local economic development, uh, corporate social investment project, and social labor. He is the managing editor of Mining SA, uh, Mining CSI. Let me take this opportunity to welcome our guest and get right to the discussions of today. How are you, ladies and gents? Sanbonani. Thank you for welcoming <laughs> us. <laughs> no, no, definitely. Um, maybe let me start with, with you, um, Marita. Please uh, just quickly introduce us yourself. Tell us who you are and what is it that you do. Thank you, Tabaho. Mm-hmm. My name is, um, as was introduced, my name is Marita. I'm the co-founding member and, and um, CEO of Managing Transformation Solutions. Our approach towards transformation within the mining sector has always been one of it's a business imperative you know transformation within the sector cannot be at arm's length from the business plan within a mine it's got to be part of the dna and the decision making mm-hmm. within the business itself the dna within the business itself okay so often social and labor plans which is one of the tools for transformation within the mining sector is seen as a document that is Possibly owned by HR or um, a mid-management type of person that that really have got a coordinating function rather than a strategic and decision-making function. So we've always approached the the, the transformation process within mining from a from a business perspective and understanding it's got to be part of the DNA of your organisation in mm-hmm. order to be successful. And our business then have grown within mining industry over the years in terms of the advice and the products that we provide to industry to help them make better decisions and have impactful transformation strategies on the mine that will actually make a difference hmm. to the mine and the communities. Okay. You, you, you've, you've said a mouthful, but let's simplify it. What is the role of MTS when it comes to the mining industry at large? We've got three roles okay. um, or three basic um, 
objectives mm-hmm. that that is reflected within our business. Okay. The one is advice, strategic advice to mining industry, whether it is on executive level or whether we are with our hands in the community, busy with relocation um, aspects or community development. Mm-hmm. So we, we go across the board from, from executive right through to within the communities. Okay. Secondly, we've got a, a um, IT product, a cloud-based IT product that assists our clients to make, to give them information that they need in order to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. This product, again, um, goes across the board from, from executive right through to possibly the payroll officer or the person making the recruitment decisions okay. to teach them, to connect them between what is the the mind's legacy statement of we will recruit locally to understanding they are currently recruiting 10% or 15 or 30% locally because mm-hmm. there often is a disconnect between the policy statement and the decision that the recruitment officer make. Mm. You know, so we connect that through technology. Okay. Now I love what you, you what, what you've said. Maybe before, before I, I, I actually go further, let me, let me, let me come, um, to, uh, Moses. Uh, Moses, do, do, do you want to tell us perhaps what is mining, um, CSI? Um, quickly before we get into the detail outside, maybe what I've said in my introduction. Uh, thanks, Jebogo. Uh, just to correct, you made an error. You say Moses Matera, a Moses Sibia. Sibia? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Oh, sorry, man. My script is, is, is written Matera. Sorry, sorry, man. No, no, no. Yeah. That is fine. Uh, okay. And thanks, Jebogo, for inviting us. Mining CSI is a, a magazine that was developed some years back. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I used to work for Aquarius Platinum Mine where we build houses in the Rustenburg area. Um, my job was to do transformation and make sure that the mines nowadays, since with the new government, they cannot just operate as usual. Okay. Like you do have the dams all over where people have been affected mm-hmm. uh, with black holes and the Kimberley and all of that. So now the mines must be responsible. They must make sure that the community within the operate are taken care of. While I was working at the mine at Aquarius, we build houses at that time, uh, Minister Sunjika came to see some of the project and she said hey listen you guys are doing great job and then that's when uh, deputy now uh, current deputy president Cyril Ramaphosa was going to venture with um, Glenco mm-hmm. uh, when Shanduka was Shanduka Kul was started and then they they were so impressed with our work and they said listen we'd like you to come and assist us in in Middleback and then uh, also with the recession at that time we flagged the magazine a bit but after that the minds were more interested said, listen, this is helping us to communicate the issues to the community. Mm. Why don't you restart it again? Okay. And then while I was working at Chanduka, and then uh, in uh, 2012, when the deputy president went to, uh, uh, to, to politics, mm-hmm. I also decided, hey, I think I can restart the magazine again. And he said, what do you want? So we just need support, take an advert. And then uh, he signed a check of 400,000 rent as Shanduka to say, listen, start the magazine. Oh, nice. But the idea is that the the magazine is actually communicating the projects that are done by the mines. Mm. We partners with the Chamber of Mines. We partners with Mining in Dawa on an annual basis. Also, you know my take. Yeah, <laughs> we're very good buddies. Actually, I'm seeing him next week in Cape Town. Oh, that's my brother. He's, he's my mentor. We, we, we come, we all come from the East. You are kidding oh, yeah. me. Wow. Yes, yeah. Even this, the school that, that he sponsors in Guatemala. Yeah. Um, I'm always there doing the renovations of the school or even doing talks. And, uh, no, great. Please do, do invite us next time. We can also feature some of those projects. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So in the nutshell, we showcasing those projects, but they, we now busy discussing with the, uh, uh, the current, uh, 
new a new government leadership mm-hmm. where they just last week I was in in Begasford where there's so much development but there's just haphazardness you know there is no coordinations the mines have got a lot of money which some of them they say we can't spend because of problems with the chiefs communities and things like that so we're going to assist with that mm. the opportunities are massive the money is there it's just matter how do you make sure that the communities can benefit the municipality can able to okay. do their IDPs okay maybe, maybe Mr. Sibiele you said you said the opportunities are massive The money is there Where is it though? Because right now I'll make an example There's somebody that is listening An ordinary person on the street Do you understand? So not everyone is as fortunate That I know you I know other people Do you understand? That you could we could actually have this discussion But for somebody on the street um, Where do they get those opportunities? How do they go about finding them? The The New government, they have put together the so-called mining charter. Mm-hmm. The mining charter now makes companies to have a social and labor plan budget for five-year cycle every year. Mm. Just to give you a simple example, one either on this magazine, the last issue, Anglo Gold Ashante alone, they budget 418 million rand for social and labor plan for any five-year period. If you were to look at how much that money is actually uh, calculated, they have money for SMME development. Mm-hmm. They have money for housing. They have money for all sorts of skills development and all of that. But that can only be able, even youth development, that can only be able to be utilized properly if they work together with the municipalities. And that has been most of the problems where municipalities or local government, they don't understand how the mines work. And hence the mines, before when I was at Chanduka or even at Aquarius, Mines used to give money to municipalities say, okay, do what you have to do as part of our social mm. development. But that money was abused or misused because they just didn't know how to use it. So now the mines, they said, for instance, they're giving a lot of money in terms of bursaries. We're talking millions, but that is not told about. And then uh, just to give you a simple example, one mine built 74 million rent state-of-the-art school. Community went to Toyota the following week. And then they say, but we've just built that. And then the community said, no, 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 it was built by the Department of Education. Mm. So you can man- imagine the mine say, well, no, we spend 78 million rand, and then and no one understand what we So the money is there. It's just a matter of how do you coordinate, how do you work with the mines t- to spend those monies. Some of them, they don't even able to spend those kinds of monies because there is just this juncture between municipalities, communities, the chiefs, and the whole lot of other various other, other issues. So there's a serious need to understand how the money can be utilized because it is there. Mm. Every mind budgets for that money for five years. Hmm. Hi. Uh, let me come to Noltan. Mamzula. Yeah, As a female black mining professional, how has it been? Has it not been hard? <laughs> hmm? I'm looking at you, you're all banked up, looking all good, <laughs> hmm? and you are in mining. I swapped gumboots for high heels. Oh, yeah, is it? Oh, okay. So, um, just to give you some context, I used to work in the mining industry. I'm a qualified geologist. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my honors degree and went on to work at Harmony Gold and uh, then at Grauber for King Platinum mm-hmm. and was able to be exposed to both open pit experience and underground experience. I spent the bulk of my career actually working underground. And I started to see transformation at university already. When I looked at the years, at the people who are in the classes ahead of us, mm-hmm. you could just see the number of black female students growing. In my honors year, when I, in 2011, there was 11 black female, there was 11 females in my class and there mm-hmm. was four males. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a disconnect when I moved to the industry itself and saw that, oh, actually. What, what, what were you doing at Royal Buffy? So I worked as an underground production geologist. Okay. Um, so obviously I would go underground um, and 
on a daily basis mm-hmm. um, in the certain section which, which I was working in and I would assist with regards to the mapping and the allocation of reef mm. and of course identifying uh, structures and then um, working with rock engineering to put means in place mm. to make the area a working safe area. So that was my, my duties at Rob Africa Platinum and it was quite of a big disconnect walking out of a class of 11 females into mm. a workplace where you're the only black female. Um, but that was a quite um, a new experience, but I must say, um, it was difficult, um, especially when you walk in and everyone is Yakobus and Vikas, mm. and you are Nulutando, and mm. they say, "Do you have another name?" No, it's Nulutando. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then going underground and being exposed to people who say to you, "You can't tell me anything. I've been mining for twenty-five years, and you're twenty. Uh, I know, I know, I know those ones. Maybe let me ask you this: <laughs> According to you, do you think the the mining industry is transforming? At certain levels, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we had this discussion actually quite early on is that you're starting to see, and, and uh, with, with regards to the NPRDA and the mining charter, especially with ownership, mm-hmm. there's a 26% ownership um, mandate that's been put to the mining industry. Mm-hmm. And you are definitely starting to see black females coming into the mining industry, black males coming into the mining industry. Mm-hmm. And very, very slowly we are starting to take on management positions. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, however, you know, companies go out there and they pride themselves in the fact that we have a 26% black ownership. But you have a general manager that's a white male, a production manager, section manager, and all the mine overseers are white males. And you have these young black, mm. you know, people working in the mining industry asking for an opportunity. So we cannot say we are transformed when we are black owned but white managed. Okay. You're, dis- you're disturbing me. A, f- a friend of mine just walked in uh, who's, who happens to be a colleague um, as well, um, Leanne. And uh, Lian, come come say hi to her and says, tell us who you are and what is that you do quickly. Hi, hi to all of your listeners. Um, my name is Leanne Friedman and I am um, basically a BE consultant. So our job is to help um, our clients who are predominantly the larger corporates um, basically comply with the legislation and also facilitate some mm. enterprise and supplier development funding mm. to a lot of small black owned businesses and when I say small I'm talking about a business that has a turnover of less than 50 million rand per annum and black owned is genuine black ownership where there's black management um, mm. as well um, but of course more than 51% black ownership. Okay, The reason, the, the reason I'm bringing you in by the way uh, she's the CEO of Econosev Oh. Um, yes. Um, so tell me, we 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 not to just raise an important issue. Maybe let me ask you: In your client base, do you work with any mining companies? One, and do you think do you see transformation? Because you're in the transformation space as far as mining is concerned. We we actually I can think of one um, just off the top of my head who is actually a mining supplies company. So they supply into the mine, and I, d- I don't want to mention any names right mm-hmm. now. But I think your point is actually very valid because they do have their black shareholding, and I'm thinking of one in in particular. They've got their black shareholding. They are trying to transform um, around the entire um, you know rest of the scorecard. But of course, management is still a challenge. Yes. Um, and when I talk about management, it's not only your senior managers, but it's your middle managers, managers junior managers, semi-skilled, unskilled Um, and of course that's where we try and link as close as possible to skills development because skills development should transform over time Mm. to actually make those changes so my philosophy is transform your unskilled to become semi-skilled your semi-skilled to become junior junior Mm. becomes middle, middle becomes senior Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a sustainable way to actually do transformation but um, just just 
bringing it back to the point is uh, we do work with um, some clients who, who mainly supply into the mining industry. Not the actual mining not, company. Not the actual big um, Royal Buffer Kings that you're talking about over here. Um, but the, the one that I'm, I'm thinking of particularly is actually put, trying to put together a really clear and sustainable plan on enterprise and supply development. So mm. it's actually, I suppose, quite fitting. Um, I'm going to maybe speak to them and see if they're prepared to come on, come live on air and, you know, see if there's any suppliers that they can work with. Yeah, no, um, definitely. As, as I think let's do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, let's do that. And we're going to bring them, uh, put them in contact with Mining CSI as well. Absolutely. So that it showcases some of um, the, the work that they do. Marita, uh, coming to you, I mean, um, you, we, Leanne just raised an important issue to say yes. upskill the unskilled people. I mean, what is your opinion on the use of technology to identify and create solutions? I mean, around problems faced by mining communities, I mean, such as poor health, lack of resources and poor infrastructure. I mean, I think Mr. Sabia did make mention um, of them right now. We've got even people in the mines that are being replaced by technology. I think modernization within the mining industry is the next big conversation. Mm. Um, and how can we modernize and remain socially sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, we cannot not modernize. Um, in order to protect low-skilled jobs within the mining sector because we will not be able to mine competitively globally. We have to understand that we, we are in a global competitive space and mm-hmm. we need to to um, bring our resources out with globally competitive pricing. So we need a sector where our employees are can be multi-skilled or upskilled through the sector. Mm. And we, we recently um, really started to dig into skills development within the mining industry to understand where do we, where does the mining industry spend their money around skills development? Mm. Um, because a lot of money is spent around skills development. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this, the, the story of unintended consequences. Um, local recruitment is one of the key Ways in which mining industry can have a positive impact on their local labor sending communities. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, over the the years, our schooling system in the local rural, semi-urban rural communities, the quality in those schools are not are not very are not great. You know, and it's de- deteriorated over time. Mm-hmm. So the matriculants coming out of the rural schools. Um, often have a challenge to gain access into university to qualify for university or learnerships or apprenticeships or those career development kind of programs where you can become part of mid-management or senior management through following that career path. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the money in skills development and core mining over the last couple of years have actually been spent on core mining skills um, rather than career development skills like bursary programs. Not that there isn't money spent on bursary programs, okay. but if you had to take a bulk of the money spent and you, you put it in a pie chart, mm-hmm. you'll see the bulk of the money is spent in core mining skills. Um, a significant um, volume of money is spent in, in adult education and training programs still and bridging kind of programs mm-hmm. to give people access you know, into, into learnerships or into bursary programs. Hmm. That then asks the question. Sorry, I'm, I'm taking a long yeah, winded no, no, no. answer, but the question is, have we got the skills in mining at the moment to modernize or are we going to lose employment opportunities in the mining industry if we modernize? And what does it mean for our local communities if we need to recruit locally? Will we be in a position to recruit from local communities 
upskill the people and employ them in a modern mine? Mm. You know, um, do yeah. we have the skills available? Yeah. And, and, and I think that is a really important question. I'd, I'd love, I'd, lo- I'd love Mr. Sabia to, to, to come up on that question. Um, the, the question that, that Marisa, uh, Marita has just, um, asked. There, there was a thing, I mean, uh, we have to, to modernize. She is right. Technology mm-hmm. is part of who we are. It's basically the fourth industrial revolution, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which was just discussed in Davos uh, recently on the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mining companies, they understand that. I mean, if you look, for instance, Johannesburg is what it is today because... Hundred years ago, it was just you know a, a mining company, but today it's no longer dependent on on, on mining. It's service driven. It's different sure. technology and all mm-hmm. of that. I was in Messina not so long ago, where the guys, the municipality, asked me. I've asked them, what do you guys want to do? They said, now with the Zimbabwe back in business, mm-hmm. we want to turn this town into a, 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 a what do you call logistic hub. Yeah. That dry port uh, 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 hub. Mm-hmm. What it means is that the trucks that are coming from Malawi, Zimbabwe, Zambia, going to Deben to carry stuff, can only do that in Messina. Then they have a master plan. I said to them, the best, who's going to get them, where are you going to get the money from? They say, we're going to try and look at government, and government doesn't have money. I say, your best natural investor is DBS which is Venetia Mine, just around the corner here, because that's how the mine, uh, uh, that town grew. You have uh, Coal of Africa. So, the people, they don't necessarily have to depend on mine anymore. With the investment that's around there and the properly managed SMME development, because the months, as I mentioned to you earlier, they do have this budget. They can make huge difference by making people do their own things, by, by, by investing on them. She has mentioned skills development. It's a priority for every single mine, as far as social and labor plan is concerned. Yeah. If it can be managed properly, I can tell you in the next five to ten years, you're looking at new big cities that the mines themselves can actually do around, especially Begasfort, mm-hmm. and they, uh, uh, already the the Lepalale Wida, they uh, calling uh, um, Lepalale as a new city post-apartheid. Uh, post-apartheid. So the technology can play a big role because, and, and there's one uh, 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 that I just didn't mention to you. There's a company that now does a cell phone app where now they can actually identify the, 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 they've been partnering with Ivan Home Mines mm-hmm. in, 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 um, in Limpopo where they can able to track the community, what skills level is there. What jobs do they, what, what are their complaints and their things? And yeah. those kinds of apps, they actually show some very important statistics mm. where now communities are saying, well, now, this is our skills level. This is what we have. Job creation is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and, and the SMM development is the next. So using technology, they, can tell how many people live in that area, how many are actually subscribing to. We're talking thousands mm. of young people that they know how they can even send their CV using the technology. And the minds they saying to us, instead of now trying to employ everyone because it can't be done, we can use technology to actually make projects that people can do for themselves. Yes. So it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a very big important mm. issue. Let me ask you the question that I asked Nolutando: Is there transformation in mining, according to you? I was a transformation manager at at, at Shandoka. Uh, at that time, I'm talking about uh, 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 2008 up until 2012. It was a bit slower, but now it's starting to take shape. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, I mean, uh, uh, we having, on the previous issue of Mining CSI, you have a, a, a CEO of Vedanta, mm-hmm. a female uh, called uh, uh, Desne Naidu. She's on that particular issue. She's actually getting women 
I'm talking young black women, mm. not even only black, but even even white. There, but she's starting to make sure that listen, that mind is taking shape in in terms of that. We are partners with Chamber of Minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article that you see here says just transmo- uh, transformation, not defined by tick tick box uh, tick box approach uh, uh, approach. So, well, there is a transformation. It's it's slow. But I think naturally, with the MPRD taking taking shape, yeah. uh, although you're still having this uncertainty because it hasn't been the the mining chapter three hasn't actually take effect yet, uh, I think the mines have actually make a, a, a headway. Roger Baxter, the CEO, we have a very good relationship. He's forever saying, "Listen, we 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 we're trying to make the best that we can." But Enumas, when you have time, please read on his forward on this issue. It's no, no, no. I'm definitely going to read it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, So the Chamber of Mines is making huge. Uh, 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 road ahead there and we also having good relationship with the DMR ministry mm-hmm. where we continuously talking to uh, to to the deputy minister especially Godfrey Olefan they are supporting that in a big way because for them it's a matter of uh, regu- uh, regulations but also at the same time they actually trying to make sure that the uh, 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 the, the rules are followed so there is a dent starting to come true you know uh, yeah, and hopefully in the next couple of years, you know, we'll, we'll try and level uh, the playing field. As okay. Leanne, Le- 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 can, can you quickly give us um, tips or to, to mining companies that might be listening? Since you are responsible or you do transformation, how can they go about doing transformation or implementing transformation in the mining space? Sure. So the first thing I think that everybody needs to look at is some sort of sustainable approach. It doesn't work if you throw money at it. It doesn't work if you try and do something quickly. It doesn't work if you do something quickly just before the the end of your financial year. You need to have a well-thought-out plan. And I think that's where the majority of companies, I'm saying in in general, if you Mm -hmm. don't mind, um, that's where a lot of companies I feel are actually falling short because they're not planning ahead so therefore they're not spending the money on the right activities mm-hmm. they then wait until the end of the year they then complain that they have to spend so much money on skills development mm-hmm. or enterprise and supply development yeah. meanwhile if they actually do the activities sustainably that make business sense it actually fits into um, the business plan basically I see there's a question do you want to just ask no, or it's in- not a question it's just an addition yes, yeah. yes absolutely I think we're, we're looking at this as uh, and the question was put as what can mining companies do mm. I, I would like to, to, to talk about it from a, 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 the average South African and what they can do okay. we live in a phenomenal country mm-hmm. and, and our policies are pro BEE they're pro black people participating in the mining industry mm. and they're pro transformation what young black people need to do is look at opportunities within the mining industry. Okay. Um, for example and you work with, with, with this specific sector of the mining industry Mining companies have to obtain a certain percentage of their services from black-owned companies. Mm -hmm. That in itself is an opportunity for not only community members but for other young black people. And also we talked about um, modernization and and mechanization of of the industry. That in itself is an opportunity. I have a friend of mine who's a surveyor and works at at one of the big gold mines in this company in this country mm-hmm. and he knows that right now surveying is also becoming modernized and technology is taking over so what he did he then asked his company to send him on a course so he could learn how to read data of drones so then he then 
bought himself a drone and he's now opened a consulting company and he now services mining companies who are looking at implementing drones and he comes to the mines and he teaches the surveyors how to use those drones and how to take measurements. So as young black people as well, we also have to do the research. Look at what commodities are on the rise right now. What is driving that? We also have to educate ourselves and understand what are the drivers, what is changing and how can I Mm. take that as an opportunity and make money as a black uh, entrepreneur. Hmm. My goodness, can I take her back to the office? No. <laughs> Please, I'll work with you. <laughs> no, you, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, um, my, my view around the whole point of sustainability is the fact that um, you can't just, you know, write out a check to some little business no. and say, here's some money, so we've done our enterprise development. But if that company is actually able to supply them with the service yes. and that company has partnered with them on a long-term strategy, mm-hmm. that's actually something that's going to change the world is going to change our economy. It's going to create jobs. It's going to upskill people. And you're absolutely correct. They're going to then reach their targets of what they need to spend with those black owned companies. Yes. So I think it really does need to be a combination then of the company supporting a black owned business, but then also that black owned business, you know, knocking on that, that corporate's door, knocking on that mining company's absolutely. door and saying, I've got a solution for you. I've got a product that you need that you to need. buy. Absolutely. I'm black owned. I'm running a legitimate business. I'm running a sustainable business. Mm-hmm. And that's a far better solution. And, com- yeah. and community members are our first preference yeah. with regards to servicing of mining companies yeah, and, right then, and then black females and, and black owned companies and I think a lot of people when they think of servicing mining companies mm-hmm. they think big they think mm-hmm. because the mining industry is known to be a capital intensive business and it billions of rands no local community members where I used to work used to come to, the, to our mine and say can I supply you with toilet paper? I mean, we look at other industries. Look at Bitvest. Mm. They don't own any properties, but they are the largest service provider to property companies. Mm. And I think that's what young black people need to do is the miners here. What do they need? What can I go in and knock on the door and say, guys, do you need toilet paper? I mm. can provide that for you. Okay. You can start small. Okay. Uh, yeah. Marita? I just want to make one comment mm. um, around the conversation we're having. I think mining industry, if I had to give one tip to mining industry or one idea that I'd like to leave, um, you know, f- or mention in the conversation, it would be around moving away from a one-line budget CSI, and it's no, you know, on, on the name of your magazine, but mining companies and industry think about CSI as a line budget line item in their in their financial statement. Mm. We need to move away from that into into business mindset that says how can we have inclusive growth strategies? Mm. How can we grow our mine that will grow our community yes. that will grow our country? Mm. Yeah. And if we can move from from this tick box one budget items you know, spend thing in the financial statement to this is how we do business mm-hmm. and we're doing business for long-term sustainability and long-term inclusive economic growth mm-hmm. of our country and our community. Mm-hmm. We will start to look at the problems and the services that we need differently. The community will start to engage with the mind differently. So the conversation changes from, I don't have budget for this to this is how we do business. You know, and if we do business like this, we can have a far bigger impact but also economically you know not only financially benefit our business but economically this the sustainability of, of the community in the country in which we operate mm. and uh, you want to add something mr Smear? yeah i just want to add quickly i mean uh, if you look for instance on on, on this particular issue here mm-hmm. uh, page 16 pan african resources they've just built a biggest retreatment plant in evenda 1.6 billion yeah. rand 
since then they've been what they have done they've got the the chiefs and locally and and the local communities if you look on this particular issue they actually uh, 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 doing the follow up this couple of companies that they SMME that they developed if you look there's three of them here Mamonkwe Holdings uh, Spofu Holdings and Manana Clearing if you look at the first one here the guy started with two people now he employs 20 people mm. So that's a, it's, it's a big thing for a, it is, a company. It like is, that. yeah. They moved mm-hmm. to the next one. They were just a director now. They're stating people. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to make people do things for themselves. But these companies, they can, the next thing they can go and do some work with Sasol, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a, a company within mm-hmm. the, they become more sustainable it's than, you know, uh, uh, one writing a check, say, because there's just no jobs anymore. Mm-hmm. But people can start doing things for that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, Quick and uh, um, quickly, Lian. In terms of right now, we 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 we're speaking. I mean, uh, Marita spoke of the benefit, and now Mr. Sbia just um, mentioned some of um, the businesses that are already benefiting in terms of um, in terms of um, taking opportunity uh, advantage of these opportunities. Um, I know we're hosting something to help SMEs, um, you know, position themselves to benefit. Did you want to quickly tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So to all of your listeners um, out there who are listening to us today, um, we've actually joined together to do um, a joint event basically aimed at those small businesses. Um, we've entitled it um, How to Benefit from BEE. So the aim of the session, which is being held on the 22nd of February, mm-hmm. um, we've scheduled at 3 p.m. Um, for 3.30 p.m. And it's roughly about two hours and what we would like to cover is to basically explain to all of your listeners and all of the SMEs out there how they can benefit by knowing and understanding what the BE legislation is actually saying. I find it very you know, critically important to understand what your customers are, your, what your customers are looking for and their requirements to be able to service them better. So just those details again, it's the 22nd of February, mm-hmm. um, 2018, of course, scheduled three o'clock for 3.30 p.m. in, um, Randburg in Ferndale. And if you would like to attend, please send us an email on info at econoserve, that's E-C-O-N-O, S-E-R-V dot C-O dot Z-A or give us a call on 011-483-1190 or of course tweet either of us or send either of us an email if you've got our details. Um, but we'd love to see you there and hopefully um, as we've been discussing you'll realize that there are a lot of opportunities out there. There's a lot of funding out there but most importantly there's an opportunity to make some business, grow the economy um, and obviously uh, all of those things will, will help <laughs> tremendously. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you all there. No, it's a question of of how can they position themselves to actually take advantage um, of those opportunities. Um, I mean, um, Mr. Svia, you also spoke um, briefly earlier about how can, uh, you know, these SMEs, um, you know, go about uh, positioning themselves to access those opportunities. But now how can corporate access these SMEs? Because half of the time I've realized even with the problem um, that with some of the clients that they deal with, they said we are black businesses. They don't find them. It, it is a good point. And I mean, mining is a very, very difficult <laughs> industry to be in. Hence, when those guys, they do the work, they, they expect someone uh, to be able to deliver. They don't have time to go and teach you around how to do things. The opportunities are there, as I mentioned. We also, from the mining CSI, mm-hmm. and I'm going to make an offer, right? To, to okay. some of your guests here. Mm. 
Some of the business, like SMME, small business, they've come to us and listen, we want to get into mining, but we can't afford to advertise on a magazine and mm. all of that. We've said, listen, we'll do that for you for free. And on a couple of issues, uh, 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 we have done that, and some of them have managed to get some contracts from the mining and all of that. So if some of, of these businesses would like to do that, and some of them we can even profile them, we'll do that for free. They pro- pro- maybe have to pay for the design of the page or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's part of our SMME development okay. or, or, or promoting the corporates. Most of the mining companies, it becomes difficult for them to be able to take someone who said, well, I can do this and that. But if they see them in here, it becomes easier because we have a good relationship with the Chamber of Mines. We have a good mm. relationship mm. with most of the CEOs. As you can see on the back page, you got all the mining companies there. Mm. So we have that. So they have managed to successfully uh, get some of the projects. And some of them, uh, they come to us and say, thank you very much. Uh, in future, we're going to pay in full because you've got <laughs> access. But uh, on our website as well, uh, this is also online, this version. Mm-hmm. And then we I would like to say we, we, we're offering that to some of the SMMEs that want to get into mining. And then they feel uh, they just are not able to access it. Yet. Okay. So then t- how many prints do you do? Uh, is, it, is it a monthly quarterly? It's, it's a bi-monthly. We print. Uh, we used to print about uh, ten thousand mm-hmm. uh, 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 going with the mining and engineering news, but because of the postage, there was an issue there, so we've come down to about uh, five thousand. Okay. But all of these, where are you distributing that? They distributed it to mining in Dava, junior in Dava, okay. uh, uh, DMR, Chamber of Mines, mm. and all the mining companies, they get 100 copies because they're able to give this to their communities or the projects that they have done. Universal Call, they went as far as to say, listen, we'll do that, but we also want you to print a single page with our projects, which we print about maybe about 100 copies to a, a thousand of those. Mm. They give to community. There's made a huge difference for them. Because communities now they know they can work with mm-hmm. them, they can showcase themselves whether they got bursaries, mm-hmm. whether they got houses built for them, whether they've got the SMM development. So and the the mayors have actually the mayor of Delmas to be precise, she's got a very good relationship with Mbuyelo Call and, and and Universal Call mm-hmm. because of the relationship they build with communities. And uh, we're heading to Begasfort to do the same thing. The municipality there has asked us to assist, mm-hmm. and then uh, and other different. Uh, we'll also be heading to the Northern Cape for Vedanta okay. to build houses. So um, and then uh, people they can access the magazine uh, online as well. www.miningcsi. Uh, but if they want uh, printed copies. They can just uh, get hold of us. We can email it to them. Yeah. Info at Mining CSI, yeah. No, definitely. I like that. Marita, quickly, let's talk the mining charter, which has not been adapted as yet. I mean, what are some of the challenges um, of regulation and compliance? I mean, should the charter be adapted? I think one of the the starting challenges is the is the ring fenced elements within the mining charter. One mm-hmm. of the you know, one of the big changes from the old mining charter to the new um, mining charter that that is now under review is the three ring fenced elements, which is ownership, employment, equity, and community development. Now, in all the studies that's been done to date around the effectiveness or the ability of mining industry to implement mm-hmm. across the transformation indicators, um, ownership um, has caused a lot of debate. You know, and that's moving from twenty six to thirty percent, and mm-hmm. it's the flow through principles and once empowered, always empowered. You know, that conversation is a very big issue for for mining industry and a challenge yeah. around Im- implementation. The second one is the the um, as I said, the three ring fence elements is the fact if you don't make your community development, if you don't implement the community development you committed to do, um, you will be non compliant immediately. 
Now, the, the implementation of the community development, as um, Moses has alluded to, is one of the key challenges for the mining industry. Even though there is budget, most often there's budget available, there's challenges around the implementation thereof. Because of the broad number of stakeholders that mm -hmm. must be involved in the community development, mm -hmm. it's local government, local communities, mm -hmm. traditional authorities. You know, there's a range of, of issues that sometimes can stall the implementation of those projects. Yeah. So I think I, that, that could be a challenge. Yeah, I know, I mean, social responsibility is growing, uh, I mean, in the mining space um, as a whole. I mean, what are some of the social responsibility initiative that are out there um, for mining or within mining companies that you might know of? The key focus areas at the moment remain for mining industry around infrastructure development. Um, mm. You know, there, there's a requirement from a regulatory point of view to do um, poverty alleviation or income generating projects, projects as well as infrastructure development projects. Mm -hmm. And most often, because the mining industry's um, social spend or community development spend is closely linked to the IDP, the Integrated Development Plan of the local municipality, it often goes into infrastructure. Um, we just got a, a lesser impact on the community or the ability of the community to earn income. You know, it's roads, it's water, mm -hmm. it's things like that that's most often pressing from, from a local municipality point of view. Okay. Mm. Uh, Tando, um just a quick one. Um, right now, you, you're working for an asset company. Asset management. Uh, asset management company. Uh, next week, it's mining in Daba. Yes. Uh, I'm an investor. I want to invest. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, let, 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 let's talk. What, what should I look forward to, to this year in Daba? I think the Indaba this year is definitely going to address the key topics of conversation right now. Mm -hmm. And obviously, one of the key topics is the fact of, is, is the term of inclusive growth. Okay. Um, and how are mining companies working towards inclusive growth and what has been done and what is still to be done. Um, there's also going to be a lot of talk um, around what we've just discussed, which is technology and modernization, mm -hmm. which I think is quite important for people to listen into and hone in on because I think, you know, where some people see crisis that technology and modernization might take over jobs, others will see opportunity and upskill themselves to be able to take advantage of that. So it's important to hone in on that. With regards to investment, um, I definitely think, again, it goes back to the education and, and opening your eyes and reading and, and keeping informed. You have to know what is currently driving the world. You have to look at what is GDP growth. You have to look at China, what, which is like the largest consumer of our commodities. Which commodities are they consuming? Are they still in a large infrastructure build phase? And we also, there's obviously the topic of electric vehicles. What commodities do those consume? So you look at companies that are operating within the copper, cobalt, lithium, mm -hmm. nickel aspect. Um, and you look at the mining companies that are heavily invested into those minerals. What are the minerals of the future? What does the future require? And which companies operating in that realm? And once you know those companies, you'll make the correct investment mm. decision. I like you. Quickly, <laughs> opinion on the charter? Um, Gosh, <laughs> there definitely are many, many good aspects to the charter. Mm -hmm. at, at the end of the day, this country is a country that, which has a horrible history of leaving people out of, of, of the economy and economic growth. And I think it's important that we focus on that. This charter is about inclusive growth. However, you cannot put 
um, terms and conditions which one cannot meet in a specific period. I think the review is 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 is, is correct, um, and I think what the most important thing about the charter is that there wasn't a great conversation between all the stakeholders. I think everyone needs to come back to the table and say, what can we do? What can't we do? And how can we make this work for inclusive growth going forward? Mm, quickly, social media following. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm not on Twitter. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but uh, Instagram, Miss underscore T underscore Zulu. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, you wanted to say something, Mirata? I wanted to ask a question. Oh, okay. Please go ahead. Can I ask a quick yes, question? Yes, please go ahead. I want to know, as an asset manager and, a, and a, where you provide guidance mm-hmm. in, to investment to large companies, yes. is what what role does social um, license risk play in your your advice that you give? Do you look at so- the risk of social license to operate within the assets sector, within the mining sector? Absolutely. And how do you how do you qualify that risk? So we have, I know, with the entity that I I am currently with, we have a large um, ESG team and so the social aspect of all the governance of, of how the company operates is quite critical and when we do evaluation of companies that actually is one of the key things that we look at so yes it, we do take it into consideration hmm. so um, Marita for people that want to get hold of you um, after this um, where can they get hold of you um, my email address is probably the best place. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not very fast on on Twitter. <laughs> I've yeah. got LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn profile. Oh, yeah. LinkedIn, is so, right? uh, LinkedIn is easy to get hold of me. But my email address Marita M A R I T H A at mtsholdings.co.za. Okay. Are you guys going to the Indaba? Yes. I'm not going. Yes. Oh. I'm the only person okay. not going in the team. Like, really, guys? <laughs> so you guys are going? Yeah. Oh, okay, so I might see you guys in Cape Town, eh? No, I, de- I think I'll just come now. Just <laughs> you I can't be the one who's left out. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Remember to bring your own water. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring these water bottles. Yeah, no, definitely. So quickly, people that want to follow Econo? Um, we're on Twitter um, at... Um, my Twitter handle is EconoServeLee or just simply EconoServe um, or visit our website www.econoserve.co.za. No yeah. E on the end. <laughs> no, definitely. Thank Okay. Sorry, just, just for those who want to do get in touch on a professional basis, Nolutando Zulu on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, that would be the best place to, to converse further no. about this. Oh, okay. No, definitely. Um, thank you, guys. This conversation is not over. We're just running out of time. Uh, but we're going to definitely bring you in next time and let's let, let's get more into deeper into more what you're doing uh, next time but more than anything thank you for your time today and the contribution that you've brought oh, thank you thank, thank you, you for inviting us thank we you. no definitely uh, this is what we had for you today on 360biz discussing all things mining in fact transformation into the mining space because others we hear they speak of transformation but we don't get to see this transformation this is definitely something we want to see within communities and various communities ladies and gentlemen catch us again next time for another exciting installment of 360biz my name is Debo Homa Fodi we out this is cliffcentral.com